in a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend. This is I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. Okay, so I wanted to have a quick chat about flat responsibilities because, uh, guys, I think that we're not all pulling our weight here. We're not just pointing the finger at you, Deacon. You're a cool guy, but you're not pulling your weight in the flat. Oh, I'm glad to hear that I'm cool. No, that's not the point, though. Yeah, no, it's no, not I a flat meeting about how cool you are. I do my flat chores. No, you don't. No, you yes, don't. I do. That's why we're having the flat meeting. The point is, Deacon, that you have not done the dishes for five years. Vladislav is right. It's unacceptable to have so many bloody dishes all over this bench like this. I'm so embarrassed when people come over here. Well, what does it matter? You bring them over, you kill them! Greetings, lookers! Welcome to this edition of I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. Our theme for Series 4 is Mockumentaries. I'll be your host, Ben Mitchell, and you can find me on Twitter and most social media with that handle at RedHenMedia1. Just look for that red hen icon. And today we'll be discussing What We Do in the Shadows 2014 which is a comedy feature film that is currently streaming on Canopy. If there's one takeaway from this movie, it's that if a shy person you dated in junior high calls out of the blue to invite you to a biscotti dinner party, you say yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here today with my distinguished co-hosts who are likely talking behind my back, so let's join their conversation already in progress. Hey, gang. What's up, Ben? Hello. Howdy. Hey. With us today, she's simultaneously credible and incredible, the anomaly, Kat Ramirez. Hey y'all, just like I'm always real with my friends and family, I'll always keep it real with y'all too, as always grateful to be here. Very grateful to have you. And the provocative one, and former Who Dundee Award winner, Mr. Devin Schwartz. Uh, on the game is <laughs> indeed uh I, you can't see it because my camera's cropping it but i have a yoda shirt that would pair with that uh catchphrase nicely um but my good friend the incendiary james pepe is joining us this evening as well hey it's me james uh did you guys did you guys know that those people in this movie were real vampires Oh, now what are you going to tell me? Santa Claus isn't real? Oh, no, he's real. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, he would bring all those presents. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, there's there's actual evidence of that. So yeah. uh, rock solid lockbox. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. the ir <laughs> and the irrepressible gentleman, Jim Scott. Hey, Jim, where are you coming from today? Hey, uh, I'm coming from uh, the beautiful state of South Dakota, Rapid City, South Dakota. And greetings, general listeners and friends. Happy to be here. Yeah, greetings. Um, welcome from South Dakota, and you look great. Uh, are you in a hotel room or something? Or I am a hotel room that has a lot of different lighting fixtures. So, yeah, just we can temper the mood here. Nice. 
Hey, Jim, can I get a, um... <laughs> Hi. Hi. I need a rundown of your clients. Can you get that to me? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Our boss, Charles Miner, just demanded a rundown and... Jim from the office just handed the dossier to our very own Jim Scott. So, let's see what Jim has for us on what we do in the shadows. Take it away, Jim. What we do in the shadows, indeed. I think each of us could make a movie about that, right? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. No, this was a uh, comedy. It, uh, what we do in the shadows. It was uh, finished in 2014, but released in 2015. I noticed you get both of those dates, depending on what you're looking at. Um, as far as the rating, it, it received the hard R. Uh, but as far as audience cr critic scores uh, and IMDb, it got 7.7. .7, and uh, the tomato meter uh, was a 96% and an 86% audience score. So it was definitely well received. Um, as far as the synopsis, the Biago, Deacon, and Vatislav Three flatmates who are just trying to get by and overcome life's obstacles, like being immortal vampires who must feast on human blood. Hundreds of years old, the vampires are finding that beyond sunlight catastrophes hitting the main artery and not being able to get a sense of their wardrobe without a reflection modern society has them struggling with the mundane like paying rent, keeping up with the chore wheel, trying to get into nightclubs, and overcoming flatmate conflicts. So I, I heard uh, through, I think, one of the reviews or something that this was kind of a supposed to be about millennials. Did anyone else uh, pick up on that or, or check that out and uh, come across that? If, if it was about millennials, it felt a little a little like dated just a little bit yeah i didn't pick that up when i watched it so it kind of struck me as odd but i guess coming out in 2014 it would have been about the right time for millennials to be flatmates but um yeah, I, yeah. It, it was a i don't know if that's legit or not so i'll i'll withdraw that for uh further uh, uh research to be yeah, presented at a, it, a later date it was definitely about contemporary society. I mean, some of the things they included, you definitely see in those those nods. But I, I think also the fact that it wasn't filmed in the U. As far as the where the story, I, I should say, it's not in the U.S. It's in New Zealand, so you get kind of a I don't know a different cultural lens, which makes it awesome too. But I, I was thinking that clip you just you just played Ben about washing dishes. Why would they ever have need of dishes? There was a lot of goblets. I think they, I think they just want to drink their, you know, blood uh, out of fancy goblets, you know. That might be it, yeah. That can rack up quite the cleaning chore. And, um, and their guests' their guests' biscotti plates, of course. That's true. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. is true. Yeah. There's a lot of bloody dishes. And yeah, the they're lavish dinner parties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, as far as studio awards, they had 26 wins and 18 nominations. 
And these were spread out. It seemed to be amongst a diversity of different film festivals and things like that. Um, but I, I noted two winners, uh, the Denver Film Critics Society, they got winner of best comedy film. And a, another festival that I, just because it had Fangoria in the title and that just, uh, anytime Fangoria is, you know, cause that was your, 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 your go-to horror magazine for all things horror, oh, but, uh, totally. Bang- yeah, Fangoria Chainsaw, uh, they got best screenplay and then they also got the best limited release direct to video. So that was pretty cool. Oh, so this never went out into the theaters, huh? I don't think so. I didn't see any. I, I didn't see any major. So it seemed like it just did the film festival circuit. Yeah. Right, right. I guess it would have been in the theaters there, but yeah, not a not a major release. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. remember where I saw this. I mean, obviously on the TV or something, but uh, I do remember uh, not. I remember going into it kind of like not understanding what I was getting into and then going in the, from the first scene where the guy lifts out of the coffin, uh, just being hooked yeah. right away. No, that, that part was really good. My, yeah, I was in the same boat as you, Ben, I guess there was what a TV series in the late seventies, but I might be placing it with another, um, type of similar vein. Uh, and then there's, isn't there a TV series on either Netflix or one of the others? What we do in the shadow, something like uh, that. I think it's a Hulu original. Okay. I want to say. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah I've, I've heard good things. Nice. Um, as far as the notable stars, I only listed two. There were definitely several and I had never, I don't know about you guys, but I had never seen any of these actors before, or at least I can't place them. But I, they have quite the extensive uh, filmography. So uh, Jermaine Clement played Vatislav. Um, and you recognize Jermaine Clement? Love that. No. Mm-mm. He's in a ton of stuff. He's always a side character and stuff. But... Is he the Flight of the Concords guy? Yeah, yeah Flight okay. of the Concords, yes. yeah. I didn't recognize him in costume, but when I saw his name, uh, instantly uh, uh, rang a bell. Yeah, so I don't know if his career is on the rise, but I did look up some of his future projects, and he's credited for being in Avatar 2 to 5. And wow. the fifth one is coming out in 2028, so look out, you guys. Hang it's in there. It's going to be an Avatar renaissance. Any day now. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. right, exactly. <laughs> Just like Half-Life and, 3 or whatever. Yeah. What, what happened to James Cameron? Why did he... <laughs> Yeah, Why? Why? that's James Cameron, right? Or Avatar? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Jimmy Cam, as I call him. Well, where did he? Where did he lose his way? I probably because of his love for money. I, I, you know, <laughs> right. He was a guy who came into Hollywood uh, living out of his car too. So, oh, talk wow. about a, a Cinderella story, yeah. That's awesome. I mean, sequels are known for being better than originals, so maybe. <laughs> oh, maybe totally. Maybe Rock Avatar more. two through thirty will be, you know, really good. Yeah, I don't see any movie series getting more incarnations than Friday the Thirteenth, though. But I don't know. We'll see. 
But uh, uh, the other uh, the other notable star that I noted was, uh, and I might be mispronouncing this, is Taika uh, Watiti. Uh, he played uh, Biago, and he's actually won one Oscar. And he uh, one of the notable films I've seen that he was also in was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Yes, which he also directed and. Yeah, he's like a skyrocketing star right now. He's totally in so many things. Uh, he directed Thor Ragnarok, which is a, a lot of people consider yeah. the best Marvel movie. I oh. am among them. Ragnarok. Oh, okay. Didn't isn't he yeah. doing another Thor movie though? Yeah, he's doing the next one as well. He was also he also plays Korg, the rock guy, which is an excellent MCU. character. I didn't know that Absolutely. until I looked at his IMDb doing the research for the show today. Uh, Korg's a great character. He has a habit of inserting himself into like as smaller roles into movies he directs and then disappearing into them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that this is a millennial film because a millennial is definitely can place these actors. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that, that was it. And, uh, I don't think he's going to be an avatar two to five though. I didn't see that in his film. Missed out on that one, huh? I can yeah. dodge the bullet there. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but uh, some fun facts, a little bit of trivia and fun was they shot 125 hours of footage and most of it was actually improvisation. Wow. And then the process of editing all of that, sifting through all of that down to 90 minutes took almost a year. Incredible. And there is a goof uh, during the trial of Nick when Blod is talking to Viago, you see Blod break character and smile, and then he quickly goes back it, back into character. Huh. I'll have to look for that next time I watch it, and I'm I'm, sur I'm sure I'll watch it again. Most likely it'll be on cable or something, and I'll be flipping through yep. and check it out. Um, there was also, apparently, I don't know about the what the TV show you mentioned. It might be a uh, send-up of that in, in a way, or, you know, it's a send-up of a lot of vampire stuff. But I did uh -huh. see that there was a What We Do in the Shadows, and it, uh, the subtitle, I guess, was Interviews with Some Vampires. It was a short film in 2005. Um, <clears throat> and so, and this came out in 2014, so that was a, a big stretch of time in between the two. I, I wonder what the story was there. Uh, clearly, they liked the project enough uh, I mean, you can just tell it was a good idea just even from, like, uh, that name. Uh, and I'd like to actually catch that uh, short at some point and kind of see where they, where, they, um, where they pulled from for the movie and stuff. I did notice uh, a lot of the stuff kind of reflected in the TV show now that I've seen the show and gone back and watched the movie. Um, mm -hmm. Kind of some of the themes and ideas they pulled from from the movie um, definitely. Uh, it almost reminded me of like how they adapted the office for America, you know, like you can kind of see vague similarities there, but, um, it's, uh, you know, they, they took the core ideas and then kind of ran with them. So I think the show is actually funnier than the movie. Um, and does it, has anyone else, uh, seen the show? No, I, no. I recommend, I recommend it if you like the movie, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, was there any other mm -hmm. goofs or uh, anything else there, Jim? One last piece. Um, and, 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 I, and I love this when they do include this, and they don't do it often enough. Uh, so you just never know. You just you stick around to the end of the credits. 
type of deal. The last movie I seen at the movie theater actually had a post credit. It was, um, uh, oh my gosh. It was a horror movie. I just went to see it. Don't breathe too. It had a post credit, but this one also did. And it was a hypnotic session. Yeah. No, Jim, we lost your audio. What's that? Can you hear oh, me now? Okay, yeah, kind of for a second. Um, I was going to say that I almost did like a, I was going to do a bit where I was like, uh, it's weird. I, I we didn't have a film to watch this week, but then I was worried that some of you guys wouldn't have stayed to the end credit to see that and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, I'm, just, I'm not going to do the bit. Yeah, I didn't see that. Now I'm going to have to after our show, yeah, I'll have to go the, back and watch that. That's awesome. The very end. Yeah, I just I literally was in the other room. I had just like left it playing and walked to mm-hmm. the other room and I heard more talking. And it's just like a sequence where Deacon like tells you like everything you just saw, like forget everything you just saw. You didn't see so you can go buy film. another ticket kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm betting I'm betting since they uh, shot so much. Uh, footage that a lot of that unseen footage ended up in the show. It had to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll wait till the discussion, but there is some like weird continuity stuff where like they're obviously cutting together different like footage from different times. Like the outfits will suddenly change when it's not, doesn't make any sense right. for them to. Yeah. Stuff like that, but yeah. quick change vampire stuff, just filling it um, in. Another random Taika TV fact that I didn't know uh, scrolling through his IMDb, he's directing a Star Wars film coming yeah, up in 2025, yeah. an untitled Star Wars untitled film. Untitled cool. Star Wars film. Yeah, I'm wow. looking forward to that too. Um, yeah, I've I've liked everything he's done so far. So, uh, you know, hope hoping uh, for the best there. It seems like he could actually do a good solo movie. Because solo would need like a sense of humor, you know. Maybe he'll do the well. Maybe he'll do the Lando one. I don't know if that's announced though. That might be already. Oh, yeah. We might already know who's directing that one. Well, they they canceled all those across the board. Oh, do they? After so uh, I don't know. Tanked at the box office. That makes um, sense. So yeah, I'll be curious to know where they go with that. The whole the whole Star Wars thing is so up in the air right now. I'm curious to hear anything of it. Maybe, maybe he'll do a maybe he'll do a standalone salacious crumb movie. Just, just there you what go. it's like living in Java's folds. <laughs> oh, no, man, no, I, I'm sure there's a whole world in there. Like Fraggle Rock is just like a whole. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah. was saying like they should follow him home and just call it the crumbs. And just, you know, he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like, you know, hangs it up, jumps on the <laughs> ceiling. I, w- I would love to see him direct a Chewbacca movie. That's just all takes place on Chewbacca's homeworld where none of them speak English. And it's just all Chewbacca noises the entire, and it's like all just body language. I would watch a whole film of it. Well, I would, that yeah, already would exists. Does, does that? Sort of. Yeah. The fucking Christmas. Episode. The Christmas. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, the Christmas right. I, don't special. I don't know yeah. the deep Star Wars it's, lore. It's I gotta terrible. look at it seek this out. Oh, great. No, don't, find it. don't do bad. that to yourself. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid that one. Um, unless you go to like a convention or something, then they'll probably have it on somewhere and throw Rotten Tomatoes at it or something. But uh, before we get too far, I know we're eager to discuss this one. We have something to do. That's right, we've reached the segment where we guess and reveal who is responsible for this week's submission. Winner with the most correct guesses at the end of the series will win a Who Dundee Award. So, um, time to guess who done it. And this is a tough one for me, but I'm going to go with... Uh, 
as as reigning uh, winner of the Who Dundee. Uh, I'll guess first. So um, I'm going to guess that this was Jim because he likes vampires and he likes lighter fare. So hopefully I'm right. Uh, I've, I've got to uh, do the, the repeat uh, win here like, like our distinguished uh, previous winner, Devin. Going for two. So uh, I think... Everybody Jim, gets two. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Double Spider-Man. Spider-Verse stuff. <laughs> okay, Kat. Who do you think done it? Uh, this is a difficult one for me, too. I think I kind of toss up between Jim and Devin. Um, I can see this being something Jim would find entertaining, and he does pick the lighter stuff, like you said, Ben. Um, and I know he also likes kind of the darker horror genre as well. So that's a great mesh of the two. But I also know Devin likes dry humor, and this definitely has a lot of that. Um... Anyone go with Jim? Okay. Well, I don't disagree with that logic. Um, yeah, but Devin, was it you or was it somebody else? Who done it? You know, I was also thinking Jim, um, but I think that Ben knows a little too much about this movie and he's seen the show and he, he seems, uh, yeah, he seems to have a little, you, you, you always know more than most about all these films, but like there's always a little bit of extra knowledge with the one that you picked. So I'm going to go with you, Ben. Okay. I hope I'm not turning too bright a shade of red here. Uh, James Pepe, who done it? Man, this is hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's probably either Devin or Ben. Um, and I think just from this conversation we've had, it sounds like, Devin's a pretty big Taika Waititi fan, so I think I'm going to guess Devin. Interesting. I, yeah, and I, typically I choose Devin to uh, right off the bat just as a default. So uh, if I get this wrong, it'll be a big uh, failure on my part coming in as a uh, reigning champ. But we'll find out. But uh, one more guess. Uh, gentleman Jim Scott, who done it? Yeah, <clears throat> I might be overthinking this. But I, I was already thinking along the lines that Devin was, that you know a lot. You've seen the series. You were able to, you know, tell us, you know, some interesting details. And you always voted Devin before. And I feel like the reason why you voted me now was because that was a clear, like, throw it off my trail. So I'm going to vote mm. you, Ben. Okay, okay, interesting. Do we have a three-way split then for votes? Or oh no, we couldn't. We couldn't uh, two for two for Jim, two for Ben, one for me. Oh, one for you. Okay, yeah, I thought Jim was going to vote for you for a second and then pulled the switcheroo there. Um, so since there was two for me and I'm the host, I'll start with me. Okay, me. Uh, did you done it? That's that's got to be correct grammar, right? Um, no. No. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> okay, uh, and Devin, you had two votes. Did you done it? I one. Pepe. Pepe was oh. the one who voted for me. Oh, okay. Jim. You, you and Cap both voted Jim. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I resign as host in shame. Uh, Hand okay. over your Dundee, sir. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Punch a hole through my cap. Send me on my way. Put my umbrella inside out. Uh, Jim, you had two votes. So uh, did you done it? Um, would you be able to repeat that sound you just uh, did? 
I would. No. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Guess who? Oh, Whoa. was it you, Devin? Did you done it? Twas. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. I'm out to an early lead. Things are looking up for James. Good All job, right, Pepe. James. Good job. That is correct. Well done, sir. So one for James Pepe. So we'll have to really throw him off next time so that I can win again. <laughs> uh, okay, so Devin, uh, now that we know who done it, it's time to ask why done it. Um, yeah, so this is actually interesting. Uh, a couple things. One, I did not know until watching this film that Taika Waititi was in it. Um, so Pepe, your main reasoning for voting me didn't even uh, occur to me. <laughs> I watched this film for the first time two weeks ago when we selected mockumentaries as the uh, category. <laughs> wow. The only mockumentary I wanted to submit was District 9, which is not available on any streaming services. I also Sadly, wanted to submit insane. District 9. Yeah. And uh, excellent movie. But I was like, okay, my other options are Borat. And I was like, I'm not going to submit Borat. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to watch some other mockumentaries. And this was the first one because I'd heard it was good. So I checked it out. And I was like, this is excellent. I'm going to submit this. And I, uh, yeah, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Actually, I was fairly certain Jermaine Clement was in it. Um, but I had no idea that Taika so, Waititi was. And so that was a pleasant surprise. Where did you hear about it? Um, it's kind of weird. It was just sort of like in the zeitgeist, I guess, when the show probably started, people probably talked about the movie a little more. I don't know. I just feel like I've always heard about this movie kind of vaguely or maybe seen it when I was like scrolling through other streaming services. And uh, yeah, I, I just was like vaguely aware of it, knew it was a mockumentary. And uh, when I looked at like the list, like we probably all did look at the Wikipedia list of mockumentaries, it was on there and I was like, oh yeah. Guilty. So I checked it out. Yeah. Totally. yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, it's a laugh riot. I, I loved it. It was uh, So, so yeah. had you known that Taika Waititi was in it, you would have seen this before, I imagine then. Oh, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I really like so him. so great. I love him. So let's find out who's seen it. Uh, obviously, I saw it uh, the year it came out and loved it. Then uh, uh, And then watched the uh, TV show when that uh, came out. And I've loved that. Um, so I've seen it. Kat, have you, had you seen this one? No, I had not. So it was something I had heard about as well, like what Devin was saying. So I'm glad I was able to check it out. But yeah, it was my first time. And Devin, we got your story. So James Pepe, had you two seen? Uh, yeah, that's crazy that you saw it two weeks ago. I love that. Uh, Pepe, had you seen uh, what we do in the shadows before? I had seen this movie before, although I do not remember the occasion of my first viewing of it. Well said. And um, gentleman Jim Scott. Um, no, I had not seen it. I had oh, heard. That's that oh, i was just gonna i sorry to interrupt i was gonna wait but uh yeah that's great i'm so happy for you to have seen this now you're gonna say you hated it though <laughs> um uh yeah and i'm surprised that i hadn't seen it maybe because it's on um only on canopy uh yeah. because i have i you know i make all of these my lists on prime and netflix and they're like probably each 200 plus <laughs> shows and movies that yeah. i have every, i have an intention to watch but how am i gonna see all that glut and i have a lot of vampire type stuff like vampire diaries and the originals and ju just to see their spin 
So I'm surprised that I didn't try to at least reach out, but maybe because of the lack of streaming service. Although I thought I had seen this before, maybe at once upon a time it was free on one of these services, or maybe it's a TV show. I don't know. I'm confused. But so uh, when yeah, you I had... so when you watched it, did you recognize some parts or something? Because you said you may have seen it then. No, I may have seen uh, mentions of it. Is oh, what okay. I, I may have seen mentions. Yeah. Of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think for a long time it was on Amazon Prime Video, like included free with Prime. And yeah. because I remember seeing it a lot on there, like they were really advertising it hard. Yeah. Um, I think that's where I originally saw it. Um, but no, it's now it's no longer free on there. Which happens a lot now. It didn't used to, but it happens a lot now with the streaming wars because there is a movie that I wanted to submit um when the time was right and it's no longer on amazon prime so they kind of go in and out and then they'll be on another service so so has anyone else seen the tv series other than myself definitely gonna check it out now but uh no i'm not oh i'm excited is it also based in in new zealand no, it's the Americanized version. That's why I said it was kind of like The Office and that they adapted it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used like one actor from the movie, but it wasn't one of the... Well, I, I'm my memory's foggy about this because I was just reading a lot of different factoids about it. But I think they used one actor from the movie in the TV show. But other than that, they've cast some people. But it's fantastic. It's funnier than the movie because they'd have time to like hone the craft and then, you know, get a crew of writers on it and everything else. And, uh, you can see it's kind of like, it's kind of like rough compared to the stuff that he's done since then. I'm mostly referring to Taika Waititi. Yeah. And then I totally forgot about another standout performance in this rise Darby, uh, best New Zealand guy ever. You ever need a New Zealand guy in your thing, get rise Darby. That's the werewolf uh, pack leader. Oh, uh, the alpha horn chair. <laughs> Yeah, oh, God, I love that guy so much. So Every time he's in a movie, I'm elated. Uh, he was in Yes Man. He was very good in Yes Man. I don't think I've seen um, him. Oh, man, you got to watch that. It's like Jim Carrey at his, like, peak oh, Jim Carrey. Oh, Yes Man. Okay, so what was he in Yes yeah. Man? Yeah, I did see that one. He was, like, his friend who was, like, obsessed with Harry Potter and uh, was, like, a total nerd and constantly trying to get him to do stuff, and he would always say no, but then once he started saying yes... He did all the nerd stuff and he liked it. Gotcha. Anyway, okay. Uh, I could go on a whole. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, when we submit, when when Yes Man comes up for a future season, it's it's mine. There's a that seems like such a a Devon film. To be honest, it, it reminds me of the uh, one you chose from season one. What was it called again? Uh, Stranger than Fiction. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah kind it of kind of a, reminds they're me. They're spiritually that. similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, just as vampire stuff. I just love the send up stuff because Jim and the rest of you, Jim, you're totally into vampires like I am. Um, but I just, it was almost like tailor made for me because I just loved how they hit on like every little vampire trope and, and sent it up and then like mixed in. I love the office as well, as you guys know. So they, um, you know, they threw in a lot of that stuff. You know, he gives the kind of gym look to the camera as he's rising up out of his (laughs) bed. You know, he stops halfway, gives the look to the camera like, uh, yeah, (laughs) completes rising up and stuff. But I, I liked the idea that, um, they they like have hundreds of years and all this eternity uh you know to, to <laughs> do stuff but they suck at everything <laughs> they're like no yeah. good you know 
I'll play I'll play a quick clip from their band. It's like, you know, you've had like hundreds and hundreds of years and oh, like man. time together and your band sounds like this. <laughs> I don't know if they think they're good or if they just like don't care I, or what. I adore the music in this movie so much. Both the in-universe, I forgot what the word yeah. you use for it. Uh, is but the universe and diegetic yeah uh all of it is so great i loved i i i wish that like shitty like i don't even polish folk music i wish that was like a station on pandora i could listen to i could listen to that like weird bullshit all day i don't know why i love it and it looked like they were playing it and it was kind of like they were messing with the diegetic and non-diegetic like mixing it up a lot um so i wonder if they like played it themselves or if they had like a band and just kind of like pretended they were playing or what Whatever that like lute like instrument is, uh, definitely has like it's like throughout the entire film. Uh, it's yeah. unclear, yeah, if that's like one of the characters supposed to be playing it or not. But yeah, yeah, that returns a lot. So I love this one. Um, did anyone else? Uh, is, is everyone on board with that, or did someone uh, come in lukewarm or hit it? I'm gonna flush out the haters right now. Yeah, get them out. Get them out in the open. No, no hiding. Everyone was at least vaguely uh, amused with this one. Kat, I'm, I'm curious well, about what you thought about this. Think, oh, okay, think, here we go, here we go. Uh-oh, here it comes. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think I'm going to have to be the wet blanket on this one. So no. when, so I'm going to, so I'll, I'll just, I'll clear the air with this. When mockumentary got picked as a category, I was dismayed because... Um, well, generally speaking, when that when you think of that, you think of comedies like this, and comedies like this, just like they just bounce right off me. I I think they're dumb and unfunny. <laughs> um, I I don't like The Office. I don't like comedy like that. Yeah, so it's just I don't. It doesn't land for me. So disappointed. Depends <laughs> on the podcast. Pepe goes or I go. I can't. So when, <laughs> when I'm sure, I mean, this. I when I heard, I knew that this one was probably going to be submitted. I'm sure we're also probably going to be watching like Best in Show at some point, or like Waiting for Guffman, or one of you those other ones. You just hate them. No, actually, I haven't seen them all. But you know uh, that. But I. I know of them because everybody loves them. And then you say, I don't like them. And then they insist that you're wrong and bad. Um, yes. So objectively you are, but no, that's, yeah. That's fine. yeah. <laughs> I might've guessed <laughs> since you didn't like the office or don't want to watch it or whatever. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not a thing like, well, try, well, ex explain yourself. <laughs> what, what about the comedy puts you off or, can you, do you know, I mean, can you put it into words what it is that, that, uh, led um, you the wrong way? You know, I, so I don't like cringy humor and a lot of the improv humor is that, um, there's like, that's the, I feel like that's the sort of thing that they're wanting to get from you. Um, in, with this movie in particular, these characters were so dumb. It's hard for me to laugh at them. 
Um, I had that problem. I had this problem to a larger extent with um, Napoleon Dynamite because mm-hmm. he he came across to me as having a handicap, and it was very hard for me to find that funny um, because I'm because I don't laugh at handicapped people when they are live their lives normally. Um, so these guys seemed a little dumb to me, and it was hard to laugh at them. Uh, they also seem to do scenes like that scene where that guy was having a very hard time flying into the window. Mm-hmm. They just, they're just like, yeah, keep, keep <laughs> struggling, keep, and we'll just roll. <laughs> and like, it doesn't be, it doesn't start funny and it doesn't get funnier and it doesn't end funny to me. <laughs> you sound, you're, you, you sound, did you write the one negative review for this? Are you a secret, like, because uh, <laughs> that's almost exactly what, like, the guy who didn't like this, he said it was sophomoric and he couldn't get into it. Um, I don't think I did, <laughs> but no, <laughs> so maybe, I don't think so. Maybe you were hypnotized uh, to forget. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, why are you laughing, Pepe? <laughs> this is gold. So, <laughs> about this like genre of comedy um, and sort of mockumentaries as a whole, I've I sort of was at, at a time um, in a similar boat to you, Pepe, where I like when I first tried to watch The Office along to like when it first was airing and it was really popular, I like could not get into it. I was not like did not appeal to me at all. And I don't know how like how it happened. It's like when you like wake up one day and you like the taste of coffee and you're like, like what has happened? Like why, what, what has changed? Um, where, yeah, I like, I have developed a taste for like yes. the long, awkward silences and like, you know, just this weird, awkward acting that like the, the guy who plays Nick in particular, the like young, the new vampire yeah, he's great. is so good at just being like a normal, like, like a normal guy. And like, for some reason he just plays that so well. And it's just, it's so funny. Oh my God. Yeah. His family. I don't know what it is kind of like way he he answers things you know just very deadpan uh really worked worked well for me but yeah i remember the day i started liking coffee i i remember my sixth birthday very well it was uh it was incredible. <laughs> i think yes i think that um i think that these sort of like improv comedies are are the one way i think about them is that like i also don't i also tend to not like roguelike games and i feel like these comedies are similar where it's like okay i would rather have like a carefully curated experience than someone who spent 125 hours presumably filming a bunch of stuff that wasn't very funny and then cutting it down to the 90 minutes of more or less funny stuff that they got in that 125 hours I mean, if you filmed me for 125 hours, I'm going to say some funny shit, too. That doesn't make me a, like a, an accomplished comedian. It just makes me a, a person who throws shit at the wall and sees what sticks. All right, all right. I'll step up to the plate. But these guys are accomplished comedians before they did this. I mean, Flight of the Concords came out years before this. And uh, these I, guys have well, been working for See, that's, that's the thing. Like, I, like Flight of the Concords is the same and like the mighty boosh never worked for me either so i i guess i wouldn't i i wouldn't dispute that these guys are accomplished comedians because they obviously are i mean they make a living doing comedy uh so at the very most basic level they are accomplished comedians i just don't find it to be funny and You're i not think that they are 
Well, no, that that's not it. I because I think that like slapstick is funny to me, um, but this isn't quite that either. Um, even though it, there are some slapsticky things, um, but yeah, there's there's something about um, them trying to portray these people as being real people, but also as being so so stupid. Um, Mm-hmm. That it's just mm-hmm. hard for me to like, I don't know, get behind that or find it funny or something. I don't know. Well, I'm sad that you don't like it, but I, I mean, I I I'll accept that you this is not your type of thing. But uh, uh, have you seen Reno Nine One One? I watched a few episodes and quickly stopped. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I just wanted to do the litmus test there to see if it yeah. followed through with everything because those guys are accomplished comedians too. Do you like sketch comedy at all? Uh, yeah. But again, um, I think sketch comedy is more highly curated than even this would be, right? Because you write sketches, and if something yeah. happens within it that is spontaneous, sometimes that can happen and it be good. But, um, I mean, like these guys, these guys are obviously not doing like whose line is it anyway stuff. I mean, in a sense they are because they have a premise and then they're like, okay, let's see what all the funny situations. It's like one long whose line is it game, right? It's like, here's the premise. Let's see where we can put these guys in all these different situations and, and have that like improv scene in that, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I just it's I just like a more highly curated experience, I guess. Like, so, yeah, so, yeah, I guess so. Go ahead, Jim. So from what I hear you saying, Pepe, is you do. I mean, so first of all, comedy is very niche in the respect of it doesn't it finds an audience, but it doesn't find everyone to be its audience. Right. There are people that finds certain types of comedy not funny at all and so you know i can definitely i definitely hear that uh pepe and and then you you kind of said what you do like uh in the comedy genre which is like more slapstick as far as curated though i would uh stress a point that um a lot of comedians will go to like smaller clubs and they will throw stuff at the wall all of their material to yeah. see what tracks and what doesn't. And then what you end up seeing at the bigger comedy shows or when they have a special on like Netflix or whatever is all of their stuff that rose to the top. Um, yep. So in that way, it's curated. And I feel like this is too, if you take that sense. I was going to, yeah. And I was, I'm not going to try to convince you to like something you don't like, but I'm, I was going to yeah. say something similar, Jim, is that, uh, you know, with uh, sketch comedy and stuff, it's it's only curated in that they've done these characters and performances before <laughs> when it was improv and kept the good shit and then like oh. kind of took that and then wrote it. And then, you know, like someone like Lauren Michaels will come in and fix things and, and cut stuff that's not working. And so you do get to that curated point, but they don't write it in the sense that you write a drama by just you know, coming up with the characters and then uh, writing your outline and then filling in the blanks type of thing. Sure. Comedy, the comedy approaches are usually based more on improv uh, when done well, mm-hmm. at least yeah. um, partially. Well, I think Not- that I think that when comedians are like working out material, they have an idea and then they try to do it 
a couple of different ways and see which way is best. They they work it out, right? Um, I didn't get the sense that these guys, like, uh, I don't know, like take any one of the scenes in this movie, right? Because they it was sort of like some of those scenes could have been sketches, right? So take any one of those scenes. I didn't get the impression that those guys were like, okay, we're going to do this scene and we're going to try and do it 12 different ways and see which one is the best. And we're going to show it to people and we're going to get notes on it. And I mean, maybe they did do that. I, I don't know, but that I don't have the impression that that is what they Man, did. That is so opposite of the impression I had. Uh, the impression I had was that they have a loose script and then they're like, okay, let's try this. And then someone comes up with something funny and then they take the time to either rewrite or like invest some time into seeing where it goes. It's interesting, but uh, maybe coming into it, not liking this just kind of like gives you a different impression or something. It felt like I was surprised that they shot so much and cut it down because it seemed like a pretty tight, story for a comedy like this and a first attempt at a feature film yeah yeah i, I can see both of your boats yeah because i feel like it wasn't they didn't do like 12 different takes i got the same impression you did along those lines um but there was even though it was a lot of improv i saw some coherency amongst the characters Right. So the dandy was always the dandy, you, you know, Vatislav was always kind of blod, kind of antiquated, you know, so I, I saw those threads. So I thought, you know, in that respect, they were keeping to some core ideals. Yeah, right. Anyone else have a uh, a very strong either way um, impression of, of the movie? I, I know, Devin, you did. I'm, I'm kind of curious what Kat uh, thought about this one. Yeah, um, I was the kind of the first thing I thought about was that we don't typically do comedies. So it was it was great to right. just kind of relax yeah. and enjoy yeah. it in that sense, you know, yeah, not yeah. that I don't enjoy the other films, um, but um, just kind of that in itself was really great to to watch this movie um, because I, I, I did find similarly. it. Yeah, I did find it funny and I will. This, at least this is my my perspective of this type of comedy. I also experienced the same thing with The Office. It was really hard for me to get into it initially. And once I got the dry sense of humor, then I find it so funny. And now ever since then, I've always find this kind of humor funny. So I totally, I, I get where Pepe is coming from in regards to that. And I can see how that doesn't stick for some people ever. It doesn't, you know, there's no switch for that. Um, but I really enjoy this kind of humor because of how improvised it is. Um, I find that actually to be really like skillful and, 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 and speaks to someone's um, intelligence to be able to, cause I think humor and comedy um, is really intelligent. And if you're able to make people laugh, it, it speaks a lot on that. So when someone's able to do that on, on a very improvised level, um, you know, I think it's some, some of the best humor personally. That's how I feel. So I, I kind of had the same perspective of this movie where I assumed that they probably had quite a few takes because of the time, because of the fact that it was improvised in the sense that getting the timing right, not just with when you're just one person doing something, that's, that's one thing, but when you're 
you're feeding off one one another. So when you when you have other comedians or actors that you're feeding off of, I can see why that can be challenging to get in one take. So um, I yeah, I enjoyed this film uh, for for its humor for sure, and the and the and the improv that went into it. Um, you can kind of feel mm-hmm. that. I feel like you know watching it. Um, and then, uh, I also have like a dark sense of humor. So I was laughing so hard when he was like, um, what's his name? Oh my God. Um, Viago? Viago? Oh, Viago. Yeah. Yeah. When he was, um, setting up his like eights with that girl he was going to feed on (laughs) and then yeah the artery explodes and it just goes everywhere like i was laughing so hard at that part and so for me it was like a great mixture of like dark you know the the comedy and the darkness of it of it all and they set it up they set it up like several scenes before that too which Uh i thought thought was nice they planted a, a few of those things that paid off uh later you know like, oh, you got to, you know, my, oh, you mean the red couch? Well, it's a green couch, but, you know, it's red now, I yeah. guess. You know, you got to set some paper down. Oh, vampires don't set paper down, <laughs> you know, like three scenes later. They some do of that. them do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was brow, and that was the same character. Viago was the same character that was brow beating the others. you like, right. you know, you got to be clean. Right. And he did his best. He even put like a little doily. You, you know, and he still made a mess. I, that was just hilarious. And he did it twice. It was a continued problem because when he attacked the girl yeah. after the biscotti scene, he hit her artery again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nick yep. popped in the door I, and she's just spraying. I would pay anything to hear the inner monologue of that, like, date the woman he's on a date with when he's, like, putting newspaper <laughs> on the ground and, like, putting a bib on. Like, what the fuck was going through her mind? At what point do you be like, all right, I'm going to leave? So great. Yeah, maybe she oh, was, like, geez. hypnotized or something, but he said that he wasn't very good That's at true. hypnotizing people, so yeah. I'm not sure. He worked on those cops, though. Yeah, that was great. I really loved that, uh, you know, almost getting caught sequence. I, I wish I'd, I had grabbed uh, some audio from that, uh, but I didn't get that one. But uh, the familiar lady, um, she was uh, pretty good, too. And, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I appreciated was that they took kind of like the vampire lore that we all know and many of us love uh, and kind of put more of a realistic spin on it, you know, like how things might actually go if this were real, you know. Even though some of it was over the top, some of it was like, yeah, I could buy that this is how it would be. Let me play the uh, clip of the familiar. And she, just to set it up, she's, uh, I forget the I forget the vampire's name, but uh, she works for one of them. And it's been several years. Deacon. Deacon, thank you. And she's been promised to be made a vampire and is kind of eager to get going because she's getting older and older. I was just wondering if we can talk about the, the, the deal. Hmm? The deal. The dishes? No, no, the, you know, the deal. The deal is that he is going to give me eternal life, um, which is very exciting. Well, I just feel like I've kind of reached my potential and I wouldn't want to kind of get any older before kind of, mm. I just feel like I'm the best version of myself that I can be. It's yeah, just that it's been four and a half years and I just, I just, but it's doing your, yeah. doing your pot plants, I'm doing your dry cleaning, I'm now doing it, your dishes and I'm doing, and you know, the dentist. And the dentist, the dentist, and it's just taking an awful long time. So it's just wondering. Be gone. Okay. <laughs> That's probably how it would go. They'd just string you along, you know, promising this and that. And then the other fellow later oh, comes yeah. in, and he's ninety. 
<laughs> and Taika yeah. Waititi's character, uh, Viago, just kind of hangs up on him, you know, like, oh, yeah, this is awkward, <laughs> you know. Um, but she she gets passed up by Nick through really no fault of her own. But uh, later on, she kind of loses it uh, when she finds out that Nick, her uh, ex-boyfriend from junior high, who she was trying to get killed, became a vampire before her. Sorry, I thought you killed him two months ago. Didn't no, you? I didn't. No, he's a vampire. What do you mean? He jumped in front of your place. All I'm saying is that, um, you know, if I had a penis, I would have been, I would have been bitten years ago. I may have to penalize you. Perhaps another couple of years, perhaps ten years. Hmm? Like one big circle, just biting each other's dicks. You know, they don't even wear shirts, they wear blouses. It's just this big homoerotic dick-biting club, and I'm stuck here ironing their fucking frills. Also, clean the bathroom, please. There's blood everywhere. It is gruesome. Okay. <clears throat> See you tomorrow. <laughs> he just doesn't... He does not care. That's probably what well, happens all the you, time. What else are you going to do with this, like, the promise of eternal life? Like, yeah, I'll do whatever the fuck you want. I want to live forever. Like, I'll just... Yeah, sure. Yeah. God. It's a big cornerstone of the TV show as well, and uh, they explore it uh, very deeply, and it's just fantastic uh, what they do with it here and and there. Um, yeah, I imagine stuff like that would would be real. Um, but I'll play I'll play another clip uh, because this it's just so it's so funny. Um, they pull from all kinds of different vampire lore, and here they're pulling from Lost Boys and and kind of turning it on its head. Uh, this mm-hmm. is when uh, the dinner party when uh, when Nick uh, we are introduced to the Nick character. Uh, she's invited him over along with a girl uh, that she <laughs> hates from school. Uh, is this the part where he says Biscetti like hella times? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I call this clip Biscetti. Okay, definitely. so this was the one part of this movie that had me laughing because hearing that man say Biscetti <laughs> struck me as so That's funny. It's actually That's really funny. Fantastic. <laughs> I'll wait till after the clip, but go ahead. Okay, okay. Biscotti. Yum, Nick. Do you like biscotti? Uh, yeah, usually like it. But be better if it was warm. So this is my favorite trick. We present our guest with a plate of biscotti. And then I will say, why don't you eat some biscotti? Please, Nick, eat some biscotti. <laughs> I didn't realize you enjoyed eating worms, Nick. No, no. They are worms. <laughs> There's worms wiggling around in my plate. There's worm-like, but it's not actually We stole that idea from the Lost Boys. <laughs> I love Nick, too. It's like he, he plays it so straight and, and deadpan and cool about it. There's some genius to his performance as well. So what I was going to say is I actually I feel like especially watching this film twice in two weeks that this is not that it's a major low point, but I think this is like the lowest point in the film for me in terms of like the comedy. It's not bad. Like it's still funny, but it's like it almost gets to the point where the like awkward silent cringe gets a little like over the cusp for me, like especially his reaction when like like when he's like, you know, uh, his dick turns into a snake and he's like, oh, why did you turn my dick into his? like, I don't know. Something about it just feels really weird to me. And that, I like I lose weird. it there. But then it's immediately followed by like the chase scene, which is one of the funniest moments in the in the movie. It's amazing. That chase sequence, the effects they were able to pull off in that were shocking to me. I remember the first time yeah. I watched it, I was like, damn, 
you guys got some pretty good effects in here. So that must have been a very tightly scripted sequence. The cat with Jermaine Clement's face on it is incredible. <laughs> the, and they uh, set it up so well. Out. Saying he couldn't quite transform anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him coming out of the backpack when he's like crawling out of the backpack yeah. is like an incredible effect. And then good. they're all like tied together, like coming out. Of, oh, my, it's so good. It's a great yeah, incredible. And then the familiar just like, bye, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. the the uh, best ending ever, where Peter just fucking tackles him in the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good Peter's my favorite. Do you thing. have a Do you have a Peter clip? He's my absolute favorite. Well, he doesn't talk, so he doesn't that's talk. really a clip yeah. about him. I mean, I thought Stu would be your favorite. Stu is that? Oh, yeah, Stu's pretty good. <laughs> Stu's my like self insert character, and <laughs> Stu's just he me. has the reddest Peter, cheek ever. <laughs> Peter's the super old vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love the scene when Deacon's talking about being converted and he's like telling the whole story and he's like, and then uh, Deacon bit me and it just pans a Deacon and he's just like, it's just, I don't, it's fucking, I die. I like, it kills me. I don't, him nodding his head is the funniest moment in the entire no, film. I, no, that, I can't explain it. No, that's, Peter is funny to me too. Um, he's great. And it's that, he just, just him. He just looks at you, and he his teeth, you know. It's all in the looks, yeah. <laughs> and and he's like, yeah, no, he's the deadpan, and I definitely see the nod to the office in that respect. Like, and that shit is funny. Um, yeah. What I was gonna say is, this movie uh, really brought a lot of different echoes from other movies, definitely that are. A little similar, right? So there was a movie called, uh, it was early 80s, Saturday the 14th. And then, you know, Leslie Nielsen's dead and loving it. Mm -hmm. But taking the the vampire genre in, in a bunch of different forms, like uh, Anne Rice's, yep. uh, you know, and just making these characters, but making them entertaining and, and funny. Like the, you know, Biago being the dandy, he definitely was Lewis. He, he, or he just reminded me of Lewis, you know, okay, he's a dandy. He's a, you yeah. know, during that, during that time and Batislav being, you know, Vlad being paler, but they couldn't, they didn't say that on purpose. Vlad the he, they called him something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The poker. He's yeah, like, I would, that was I would hilarious. stick people with implements. They called me Vlad the poker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so good. And the and I liked how they. Um, that is the laziest fucking joke, man. Jeez, like come on. It's like you guys thought that was hilarious. Like, oh, he's he's not Vlad the Impaler. He's Vladislav the Poker. Like, well, because he was kind of perverted. Yeah, I, th I I thought it was funny. Just it suited his character. But they did set up that joke later about poking on Facebook. And and he's funny. like, yeah, we can like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, we can poker, and he just gets this he's look like, on his face. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I I liked how they uh, found they even like took some of the lore and added some legit stuff that makes sense uh, and was funny at the same time. I'll play another clip here. Nick, uh, are you a virgin at all? You, what? <laughs> doesn't seem like. Are you a virgin? Yes. Um, no. You were a virgin when we were seeing each other? Yeah, I was 12. You said he was a virgin. I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool. I think of it like this. If you were going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. 
It's true. It totally explains that whole whole thing in a way that makes perfect sense and is hilarious. I'll never look at sandwiches the same way again. Yeah, in that vein, in that in that vein too, the scene where they're all dressing up, but because they can't see. Yeah, yeah, they can't exactly. see the reflection in the I mirror. Never thought of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. They had you know cartoony type drawings, and then they got in their best getup. They're like, okay, we finally look good. And the first reaction they got, I even wrote this down. The passerby, um, they were like, homos. <laughs> I don't know. To me, that was That's hilarious. Funny. <laughs> yeah, they picked up on a lot of that stuff and, and furthered actually ended up furthering the lore in a funny way. And, yeah. but, but a way that yeah. like struck home. One thing we have to talk about with all with this whole series is how good the documentary crews are for each of these films, because the documentary crew in this one is like impeccable. They they do totally hands off because in that scene where they're all trying on clothes, one of those cameramen could have just like turn the preview window around so they could see themselves in the camera and then they oh, wouldn't yeah. be able to see themselves. But no, he's just like, nope, it's got to be objective film. Oh, and that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Because they're still caught on, they can be caught on film, obviously. So you just turn it around, let them see. You hit on a legit filmmaking thing is that the the camera work in these uh, mockumentaries is a performer in and of itself um, and mm. is a critical part of the joke or the movie working. Yeah, and we will we see one of them get disemboweled later. One of them appears yeah. on screen while he's being ripped apart by werewolves. Yeah, in the werewolf scene, exactly. Yeah, um, I was gonna say that when they're um, back when they're getting dressed and they're doing the pictures, their pictures are just the the sketches are just awful. And then, yeah. again, it hits on that thing. It's like that would. I mean, in a lot of stuff, it's like <laughs> vampires are like great at everything, you know, because they've had all this time. Mm -hmm. But it's like yeah, people dick around and like don't skill build all that much when they do have time in their lives even and it's all actually kind of rare so it's almost more believable that they wouldn't be great at something you know if you had forever mm. you might just put it off and put it off and never yeah. practice you know good point yeah that's mm -hmm. one of the theories they talk about having longevity mm -hmm. you, you know because we think it would be such a great thing but some thinkers have talked about that you, you know just the fact that we are owed to death you know, and we have mm -hmm. finite kind of short, short lives is part of our um, ambition, you know, to be a virtuoso or whatever in a certain craft or skill. Yeah. Yep. That 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 length, uh, the finite length of your life uh, gives it value, I think. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that something you yeah. can latch on to, Pepe? I'm trying. <laughs> Drugs, Pepe shrugging. <laughs> no, not so much. All right, all right. I, maybe Peter is mentioned in this when Nick's transforming. I, I don't remember what part of the clip I got, but because Peter was such a good character. If he's not in here, I apologize. Peter bit me, sucked all my blood out. I woke up in his basement and he offered me some blood. I just thought it was something, some German thing that these guys do. The transition into becoming a vampire was pretty hard. I looked like shit to start off with, like I had a massive gash in my neck. Like you could see the inside of my neck, had blood all over my top. And then I came home and I was sweating, I was either really hot or really cold. It was like a hangover times 10 I reckon, it was really bad. It was quite similar to having the flu, except the only difference would probably be that my eyes bled heaps 
Are you guys not cold? I don't know, I can't really explain it. Like, it's just, yeah, just real hot and cold and, like, bloody eyes and flying and stuff. <laughs> I love how kind of dumb he is and, like, such, he's <laughs> just kind of like a bro, you know? He's exactly not the type of person you would expect would be given the kiss <laughs> of eternal life or whatever, you know? And it's, Have you seen... Go ahead. Have you seen Twilight? It's he's he's Twilight. He's yeah, Twilight from so, Twilight. Twilight, bro. <laughs> don't don't like you know say you you could like transform when you can't, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, don't don't like front like you can. The, the, the like passive aggressiveness. Totally. She said that. Oh man, so good. Just like a dude getting drunk and he eats the uh, my one of my favorite parts actually was when he ate the fry and he's like kind of like realizing like maybe this isn't this whole thing isn't cracked up. That was, uh, that was like, pretty funny too. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, just the sheer that. the sheer volume of blood he vomits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The sheer volume of blood made me laugh more than once. Anytime there was a lot of blood, it was funnier than heck. <laughs> so I can't even eat crisps, you know. I also really appreciate the cops, like the, especially the female cop. I found her yeah, so funny too. Great. Yeah, um, poor little doggy. Yeah, I was gonna say and the dog. They're like, it was like four, you know, vicious dogs that gotten to it. It's like, look what this dog did. It was so sad. Got this <laughs> nicest looking, cute little like doggy that <laughs> apparently like tore someone apart, and it just looks meek, you know, tail down, you know, <laughs> like yep, this is the one that did it. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it definitely helped me with this film. That uh, like, I just find New Zealand accents like hilarious is you learn in australian accents for some reason are just like the the funniest accents to me yeah I there's a them. show on netflix I, I, i'm gonna sneak in a one more thing mm -hmm. there's a show called uh, um auntie donna's big old house of fun it's a sketch comedy show based in australia um on netflix it's hilarious it's a total like sleeper hit and i, I haven't heard anyone talk about it but i've never auntie heard Donna's it. big old house of fun really funny Anyway, I'll check um, it out. but yeah, the, just so all the like actual New Zealand characters that were in this, which is funny because like Taika Waititi is from New Zealand, but in the movie is not and doesn't have mm -hmm. a, like a real New Zealand accent. But all the other characters, the the cops and Nick, and that's why I found them so hilarious. They all pulled off their accents pretty damned well. Like they either they pr well, I guess if you're shooting 130 hours of something that maybe you have time to uh, really get into character. But uh, yeah, they uh, they nailed it, I think, as far as that went. And he actually spoke German at some point, so I don't know if he like phonetically like memorized that scene when he was on the phone with his old familiar from uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I was buying it, um, and uh, I was also wondering if the, the, the probably they used the actual like New Zealand uh, board of documentaries thing to kick it off, you know, which I you know we wouldn't know that here, but I'm sure everyone in New Zealand New Zealand would have uh, picked up on that. I thought that was pretty cool little detail. Good stuff like that. Um, what about uh, let's we I we briefly mentioned Stu and like the reintroduction of the vampires and the into like modern technology was kind of a fun sequence. Uh, so I'll play a clip from that uh, and just to set it up, Stu is just um, Nick's like bro. Um, uh, that you know, basically Nick kind of like doesn't really understand this transformation so much as a lot of like he's he obviously doesn't know like the vampire lore like someone who uh, the familiar you know like a familiar might you know in, in that she's like kind of worshiping that culture and knows all the details you know and and would be like you know worthy of this you know he just doesn't know anything so he just brings his human buddy along with him uh at, at first and and they think he's just like 
for food and then they realize it's just his friend and then they all end up liking uh Stu even more than they like Nick. And Stu is a techie guy, so he introduces them to like the modern era of technology. Anything you want to find you Yeah. You right, right I lost a really nice silk scarf in about nineteen twelve. <laughs> yes, now Google and it. Stu is the first human friend that I've had for a long time. With humans there's a tendency to die. Yeah. We can look at her photos. <laughs> oh yes. Or we could poke her. Yes. Can we see a movie in a sunrise? What shit. Ooh, nice. <laughs> and they go on. Um, oh man, yeah, you cut that. it off before the the part where they're talking to Peter about Stu, and they're telling him like, uh, you know, he's a we all like him. He's a cool guy. So if you could just like, I know, I him. love that. And scene. Peter's just like nodding. It's a nod. <laughs> it's because he's just so yeah. relaxed. It's like if I yeah, if I had been alive for eight thousand years, I would probably just be fucking chilling, just like standing in the closet. I'd like you know. There's something relax, that yeah, he's like eight thousand years old. There's something about <laughs> Nick that Peter obviously likes because he actually treats Nick nicer than any of the other characters. But yeah, the only reason I didn't get it is because it was so the comedy there was based so much off the visuals, um, mm -hmm. and his performance is so so great throughout uh, Peter's performance. And that actor, I, I don't know him by name, but um, he I noticed he has done a lot of stuff out like the one that has done ben more. Frencham. Yeah, I noticed on his list uh, he has done a lot more work before and since then, which I found found interesting. Especially because he had no lines, you know, no dialogue anyway. I think he plays a lot of monsters. I think it's actually kind of his, like, he's like one of those prosthetic actors. Okay, know? he's good Almost at always it. has his face covered. Yeah. I guess he was in, yeah, 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 you're right. He was in Ash and the Evil Dead. Um, uh, the Shannara Chronicles, which I don't know what he played, but there's monsters in that. I don't know if you guys have, has anyone read the Shannara books? They're pretty damn popular, so yeah. I imagine some of you have. No, really? I watched the first season of the show. It was okay. It just didn't grab me. Yeah, the books are better than any of the... Yeah, I didn't watch the show either. Um, 30 Days of Night, I guess, is another horror. So he's a horror guy. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. They they got the guy. I wonder if he's even uh, from New Zealand or if they kind of brought him in as a, a ringer or something. But very enjoyable. Now I'm just like scrolling through his stuff and seeing just... Oh yeah, he was a goblin in The Hobbit. So yeah, I was gonna say that. oh New Zealand, and that was filmed there. So he, I bet he's from there. Yeah, The Witch and the Woodsman, Legend of the Seeker, which is another. Uh... He was in the original Lord of the Rings two trilogy. Oh, he was. He okay. was a goblin and an elf and an orc guy. Okay, so he's a guy that can, you know, if this is the thing. These these poor guys, and I've been in something where the TV pilot I was in many years ago. Um, I played an alien and I had to sit in the makeup chair every morning at like 5 a.m. for like four hours. And um, it sucks. And a lot of these guys have to do, you know, like longer than that, you know, six, 10 hour makeup things for like for the heavy makeup stuff. And uh, that in and of itself is a skill to be able to sit there and let people put makeup on you. And guess what? At the end of the day, when you're sweaty and tired and want to go home, you can't just rip it off. They have to take it off over the course of uh, a couple of hours. And um, mm -hmm. and you're eager to get out of there, and it itches, and um, they have to. It's all glued to you, so when they remove the prosthetics, uh, it hurts. <laughs> so 
uh, I, these guys uh, like him, uh, they get him for a reason because they can do it, you know? And some of these actors that, that do a one-off say they'll never do it again because it's just torture, really. So he, apparently he can withstand that and give the performance. So he'll have a job. He'll have work as long as he wants it because of that. Good insight. I didn't know about that. Yeah, it's some crazy stuff. You'll see that a lot of the actors who do a one-off of it won't do it again because they just they don't really know what they're in for. Uh, and then, you know, the same goes for these guys that, like, are in superhero movies that play the big muscle characters. Uh, you really have to be a type of guy that can withstand the torture of eating uh, broccoli and chicken blended up in a blender and drink that for your meal for eight months, as well as uh, work out like a crazy person for hours a day. I mean, that's, that's tough stuff. Um, so they specialize in that, right? And so there's there's a lot of that out there where if you can withstand kind of the torture of it, you get paid pretty well. And I would call it torture. It's none of that stuff's uh, easy by any stretch. It's almost like uh, it kind of reminds me of like these people who are like, oh, man, the police arrested some guy and left him in a uh, jail cell and forgot about him for three days. So we're going to give him like, you know, five million dollars or whatever. It kind of reminds me of that because it's on like I don't know if it's the same level, but um, it's on a level of torture. At a, at a, in a certain way so it's like yeah you deserve it because that that'll mess with you you know doing that so now you know what you're getting into if someone ever tries to cast you in a monster role guys by the way i need someone for a monster role for an upcoming movie so uh feel free to sign up and uh for What's everything i just said <laughs> <laughs> scale the uh oh, league minimum <laughs> yeah but the exposure, it's exposure, Pepe. So, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, the exposure and all that prosthetics <laughs> where you can't see your face. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out some other clips. So here's the, the werewolves. I call this clip Swearwolves. Um, and they are getting a, a sequel, uh, which has been announced. But since Taika Waititi is doing Star Wars, I don't know when we'll get it. They, they've talked about doing it and they did set up kind of for a sequel at the end of this one but uh, this is when they first passed by the uh, werewolves why don't you go smell your own crotches huh oh, come on what are you talking about we don't smell our own crotches we smell each other's crotches and it's a form of greeting you're on camera yeah. mate. don't don't do what? it what it's okay because i know this guy it's count fagula <laughs> hey, 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 don't swear. Sorry, they, they yeah. we're werewolves. Not swear. What are we? Werewolves, we're not swearwolves. Swear oh, no, it's, it's a very offensive Anton. word it's to call people. And they tie into the werewolves later. They actually have a, a the fake threat when they're at the ball, uh, trying to protect Stu, and then it's followed by the real threat with the full moon and uh, werewolf sequence, which was actually really well done. Again, it's uh, they. Somehow, with for a low-budget film like this, they came through with some pretty decent visual effects. It didn't falter. That's pretty seamless, yeah. too. That was impressive. Yeah, the werewolves had a certain like kind of campy look to them, but it was it was still cool looking. Like it, you know, it, it was successful for sure. For the sure, the big one looked like it was maybe a puppet or something. Like maybe it was a practical effect. The one that was uh, the biggest could have been. One. Yeah, this was post. Uh, post prisoner of Azkaban, where they had those like weird stilts they invented for uh, Lupin. To there's like a whole thing about the oh, prosthetics and like mechanisms that went into making uh, Remus Lupin for 
Prisoner of Azkaban. It's like a whole like weird like backwards leg thing to make your legs look like they're inverted. Wow. And uh, then they have like puppet arms. It's yeah. It's, there's a whole making of thing. It's really cool. But yeah, they could have borrowed a lot of that technology, just like they out. borrowed the Inception uh, spinning hallway thing. That's right. Yeah, that had kind of been around, but Inception really mastered yeah. that. Yeah, and they did. They did do a good job on that. They must have had a pretty decent budget to be able to build one of those, because to build a room think- that turns like that, that has to be an expensive prop to make. You know. I want to say it was like 1.6 million. Yeah, 1.6 million estimated budget. Really? They squeezed all that out of 1.6? No wonder this guy got more work. Damn. That's, you can spend 1.6 million in a day on a big budget production. I mean, that's that's crazy. And their opening box office profit, or uh, opening box office earnings was $88,000 in Canada, the US and Canada. Oh, wow. Uh, but they grossed eventually 3.5 million and 7 million worldwide, so. It did good in the end, but did not get a huge release. Like we said, it wasn't really a theatrical release. It was probably like a couple indie theaters or something. Yeah, that's not bad for if they released it in a few theaters. I don't know what the release schedule was. Um, but clearly, one of the distributors, the streaming distributors snagged it up. I think someone mentioned Amazon or something. Man, they just buy everything. They're a, they're a thirsty, uh, thirsty one, those guys. They're, yeah, they're really trying to get into the streaming wars big time. I mean, the... Yeah. The the thing that's talked about the most is the will the will of time and uh, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, between the two of those, I think is a billion dollars Amazon is supporting. They want to they they want to you know, I mean when Bezos set his sight on on things, he he usually gets it and he's got, he's got deep the pocket. money to yeah, yeah he's got the he's got the deep pockets to make it happen for sure. Yeah, not to get into a whole Amazon thing, but the the I think the main issue with them is that the wheels seem to spin so slow with their entertainment sector because they also mm. wanted to break into the the video game market yes. and their their title game New World. They started producing like twelve years ago and wow. it's still not out. Like oh, they wow. are just really taking their time. It was actually supposed to release earlier this month. It got pushed out a month again. It's like the tenth time it's been pushed out. It's it's crazy. The, I don't know uh, what is going on over there. Mm. Any like uh, critical reviews yet of it, of how it panned out? Um, I mean, I've played it. The Devon review is it's it's interesting. Uh, I think it's taking inspiration from the wrong parts of MMO culture, but okay. uh, it's promising. It could be. Oh, good. are they are they trying to take on World of Warcraft or something? Um, more like ESO, which is the problem. Elder Scrolls Online, which mm-hmm. like is not mm-hmm. a great MMO to model after, since they're not doing too well right now. But, yeah, right. Uh, anyway, huh. another discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for our other That's podcast. Right. I'll play yours right. if you play mine. That's right. <laughs> no, <laughs> coming, coming soon. I'll play with I'll play with yours if you play with mine. That's the... oh boy. Well, that's yet <laughs> that's another a... podcast. Yeah. That's a step too far. That sounds like a podcast I could get into. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a podcast. Yeah. C U M. So uh, Nick gets into a little bit of trouble by. Uh, He's kind of like losing it a bit and starts bragging about being a vampire to anyone who will listen. And uh, <laughs> one one other bro in a in a bar says, "Oh, you're a vampire." Well, I'm a vampire hunter, and he doesn't take him seriously, and it ends up uh, costing Peter his life when the guy turns yeah. out to be a real vampire hunter. And so they uh, the roommates, the flatmates, as they call them, uh, put Nick on trial. And so we'll we'll go to a clip of that. So the new number one. Nick's been telling people he's a vampire that in turn resulted in 
an unwanted visit from a vampire hunter. Crime number two. This is quite a biggie, Nick. The vampire hunter who killed Peter. That's a, that actually course, should, have, yeah. that should have been crime number one, but we wanted to build up to that. Number three. Deacon doesn't like that you wear the same jackets as him, and he would like you to find your own original style. That had to be tagged on to the end. Deacon took offense at that. Um, yeah, so, uh, and that probably, actually, I'll give you this, Pepe, the scene after that where they shamed him with the shame circle, eh, give, it a, give or take, uh, take or leave that one. That one was like, okay, yeah, they just said shame, 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 and then he, he took off into the night. But uh, I believe that only someone like Nick would be like kind of like dumb enough or ignorant enough to just go off and brag and not see that that could like lead to trouble down the road. And then, of course, uh, he they end up losing uh, Stu later to the um, to the werewolves who can't control themselves when the when the, the full moon comes out and. Um, they close the uh, character arc with Deacon and n hating Nick when he comes and comforts him and kind of explains the lowdown and, and, and tries to get Nick to kind of understand the nature of what they are. But this is what happens when you're a vampire. You have to watch everyone die. Your mother and father, all your friends, sometimes brutal like slipping and falling onto a giant spike or falling asleep in an autumn pile of leaves and having some of them block your windpipe or making the simple mistake of fashioning a mask out of crackers and being attacked by ducks, geese, swans. And he goes on from there, but... uh. Uh, that's some silly stuff, but uh, I, I kind of like the silliness of that. Um, he's lived long enough to see people die in some weird ways, apparently. But uh, he goes through this whole spiel, and at the end, he's like, so hopefully I made you feel better. <laughs> it's like the most depressing sequence of the film, basically. Speaking of Deacon, do you have the, the Nazi vampire quote? No, no. But oh, man. Okay, wait, I, I think I, I can do it from memory. <laughs> and if, if, you were, if you were a Nazi after the war... And if you were a vampire, and if you were a v Nazi vampire, <laughs> no way. No <laughs> way. It's so fucking no way. Oh, uh, God. Just having fun running around in Germany, being a, a shit, being a monster. Yeah. Um, I do have one final clip I'll play uh, because they, and I haven't even mentioned this, but uh, it kind of ties into Taika Waititi's character. Uh, he had fallen in love with a, a young maiden that brought him to new zealand and um his familiar had put the wrong postage on there and it took him 18 months by the time he got there she had fallen in love with someone else and married off and so he says he did the um the right thing and just kind of let her have his have her life you know and stood back but now uh that she's very very old he comes back into her life and it kind of like caps off the movie don't mind being a vampire. I'm enjoying it. Some people freak out a bit about the age difference. Uh, they think, what's this 96-year-old lady doing with a guy four times her age? 
And, you know, I don't care. It they doesn't can... make any difference. No, they can call me Cradle Snatcher. Who cares? I decided to bite her, and we're going to be together forever. Wonderful. Yeah. I like that. It's a nice, happy ending for them. Um, but I'm totally looking forward to the sequel, uh, and it's called We're Wolves, which is kind of a silly title, too, but it's going to be a silly film. So definitely I'll see Pepe there on opening day, ticket in hand, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> you know, actually, now, since you brought it up, that's one of the other things that I don't like about these movies oftentimes is okay. they try to, like, they try to, like, get this sort of, like, very like saccharine sweet love story into them and it's like <laughs> i don't like that because i don't care about the characters and i don't care about their like lost love or whatever no pepe no i know i'm sorry <laughs> uh, that was my favorite part i just wear that in my on my in my heart i'll take that with me <laughs> forward into werewolves but uh yeah if you do like this i highly recommend checking out the uh tv show um and uh if you guys binge on it there's a new season supposed to come out but of course covid delayed that but uh they definitely um go to some really great places and um with the benefit of having a much bigger budget and um, some very funny uh, comedy stars and a team of writers, they take this and run with it, and and they've done a, a wonderful job with the first two seasons. Uh, and it's one of those things where you, I was kind of expecting the sophomore season to to kind of slump as sometimes they do, um, but not only did this show uh, hit the ground running with season one, they topped it in season two. So I'm very much looking forward to what they do with season three of it. So uh, highly recommend. Uh, I don't know where it's streaming, unfortunately. I can't remember. But I, I imagine maybe Amazon's if they were the original uh, studio. But someone's going to have to look that up. And it's the same 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 title, What We Do in the Shadows. So check that out if you uh, like this one. And now a word from our sponsors. Calling all night fiends. Got a hankering for a healthy snack, but it's pre-dawn and uh-oh, here comes the sun. Is your familiar promising virgins as pure as driven snow, but bringing you dirty fuckboys with a side of excuses? Well, <laughs> there's no need to blood rage. Instead, try Blood Box, brought to you by Virgin. Bloodbox will deliver reliable, top-quality blood every month for a nominal fee. And you'll stave off your cravings for one delicious eternity. Just command your familiar to use their technological apparatus, log on to bloodbox.va, and we'll rush deliver your bloodbox straight to the portcullis of your creepy old castle. Subscribe to Bloodbox tonight and get 20% off with promo code LOOKER. Disclaimer, the term virgin is in reference to the company name and may not be applicable to the subject from whom the blood is drawn. Bloodbox by Virgin. Think of it like this. If you're going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew someone hadn't fucked it first. <laughs> Excellent. So here's, here's a question they didn't address in the... Well, I guess they sort of did. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Okay, so uh, I want you guys to be really honest and tell me what you, when you first, uh -huh. if you ever thought about this, what your first thought of it was. Okay, 
So vampires have fangs and they bite you on the neck and then they drink your blood, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do they drink the blood through the fangs or do they poke you with the fangs and then drink it normally? Well, I would have thought they popped you open like a juice box and then and then drank it uh, <laughs> from the uh, open wound. But I think that in, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't in Leslie Nielsen's one he used his teeth like straws or something? I feel like I have seen that the straw version of that before. But anyone else? I mean, I've always assumed based on vampire bats that they, they use the fangs to open the wound and then they just drink the mm -hmm. blood like any other liquid. But I don't know. Uh, certainly wasn't addressed in this film. I agree. Well, it sort of was because he, like, if if they would just if he would just drink it through the fangs, then they wouldn't have this like spraying issue that they have, right? The fang straw theorem. Yeah. See, I always when I was a kid, I thought it was they were fang straw. I thought they were sort of like snake fangs, which are sort of like hollow, you know, and so. Yeah, they inject know. the venom, right? So why wouldn't it work in reverse too? Like yeah, they a just suck, cleaner. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> no, I could buy that. That yeah, actually would that's... that would save them a lot of time. I'm pretty uh, sure that's what I up. thought of as when I was a kid. Is that they just that's why they had fangs because they would they just suck say, the blood they through do, the fangs. They suck, yeah, they literally say suck your blood, right? So yeah, yeah. Well, that's gonna have, heavily factor into our grades. So why don't we why don't we uh, proceed on to that? <laughs> Okay, so it's time for our final grades and to tally our GPA for what we do in the shadows. So for this one, I'm going to go ahead and give it a B plus because I really liked it, um, but it was a little bit uh, rough just because it was an indie flick and a first attempt. So I can't put it on the same level as some of our the, some of the masterpieces that we've seen that I've given an A to, but uh, this is one that showed extreme promise for the talented people that were behind it and has subsequently paid off with their uh, um, other projects that they've done uh, since then. So I'll I'll land on a B plus for what we do in the shadows, even though I love it a lot. Uh, Kat, where did you land on this one? Um, yeah, I think I'm at a solid B. Um, yeah, solid B for this movie. I, I I really enjoyed it, um, but it's definitely not you know anything super original or you know uh, above a lot of other movies you know um, that we've also reviewed and I've also given a B um, for. So. I think yeah, it's an average. It hits like all the all the spots. It does it does it's it, a good job on it. So just a few. yeah, I'll buy that. Especially if because I'm so into like the vampire lore stuff, it gets a little uh, plus tagged on it there. But I, I I'd rate it around there. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, Devin, who's seen this twice in two weeks, uh, what what did you think of what we do in the shadows, grade wise? Um, I mean, I, I, I love it. I think it's one of easily one of my favorite comedy movies I've watched in, in years, um, probably will take a, a high place in my overall rankings of, of all comedy films. So sure. uh, a minus for me, I think there are some low points just for that. An a minus, it's not quite absolutely perfect beginning to end, but almost. 
Yep, there's a few rough patches in there, yeah, that I noticed. More on the, I noticed the more on the second, it was probably my second or third viewing, but it, it my first viewing in many years and definitely since the TV show. And so uh, I agree with you there. Um, I would probably rate the TV show in the A range myself, so um, I'll buy that. And uh, let's go to James Pepe to bring that GPA down to Earth. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm a little torn about this. I feel like if I feel like it's not fair for me to rate this as low as I probably would because I think there's merit to it and it wasn't there was parts of it that made me laugh like hearing that guy say biscotti a thousand times was so fucking funny. To I me. wish that was the whole movie. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, but like I said the this type of comedy is just not for me and uh bad comedies or, or a, com a comedy that one does not find funny is way worse than like a drama or an action that one just like isn't that interested in they're so much worse um when when you watch them True. so i think i have a feeling we're gonna we're gonna see a few more of these style of movies in this season um and so i feel like i if it does come up again, I think I'm just going to give them a B minus unless they're pretty bad. I mean, this one was, like I said, there's merit to this. They do a lot for, they get a lot of bang for their buck. Um, well, actually, to, to be honest, I think I'll give it a C. I think I'll give them a C plus because that's probably more. That's of, what I was going to kind of yeah. ask. Because you've, you've at least been exposed to some other ones of this genre, so you kind of know where you rate those and then yeah. compare it to this. Right? And to be honest, this is, of the ones that I've seen, this is, well, with the exception of Spinal Tap. This is Spinal well, Tap sure, is sure. an incredible movie. Um, yeah, it is. And I was so sad to see that it wasn't streaming anywhere, not even for pay, Me too. I don't Me too. think. Um but yeah, this one is for me the best of the bunch, and I feel like it's going to be downhill for me from here if we do watch more of these mm -hmm. kinds of movies. So I think a C plus is going to be what I'm just going to give these movies so, if we do encounter more of them. And I think a C plus is a fair grade for this for me too. So for this one, a C plus. Yeah, yeah, and okay. I just I, yeah, and going forward because I think like I think movies like this have merit, and people obviously love them. And they're just, they just aren't my type of movie. So I think that's cool. Giving it a yeah. D or an F isn't fair, you know? Yeah, no, thank you for that well thought out grade, considering it's not your genre. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Okay, cool. And uh, Jim, I'm very curious what you thought of this one, both liking comedies and vampires. Yeah, so I really enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, usually with a and, and, I, and by the way, I don't count Twilight as a vampire. I mean, uh, yeah. So, uh, but you know, most most of the vampire genre is very um, can be very dark. It definitely can be tragic. There is a romanticism, you know, uh, dating all the way to the original Dracula um, mm -hmm. as well. But taking it all of that and putting it into a different genre, which is comedy, and doing a good job at it. You, you know, exploring some of the different aspects of vampirism lore, just like you have talked about, Ben. Yeah. I found it very interesting. Um, most of the jokes landed. There was a few that didn't, especially as the scenes elongated. I think mm -hmm. 
uh, having it, what, 89 minutes or whatever the length was, was perfect. Mm -hmm. I think if they would have went over that, they were like, man, this movie's too long. Um, so in that respect, editing was awesome. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid B. I don't think it's like for comedy, it's definitely good, but I, I don't think this movie is life changing in any aspect or I didn't learn something new about the world or about myself or just in general. So I think a B would be a solid grade for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And for those of us who who like these types of films, it was just kind of a nice way to break up uh, the kind of more serious fare that we've been yes. watching, as Kat stated earlier, which I fully agree yep. with. So it was kind of a nice way to kick off uh, Series 4. Um, and I enjoyed it and, and enjoyed just kind of laughing along with you guys uh, uh, about this stuff. <laughs> um, so Biscetti for all. B for Biscetti. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> But heat and, it up. Put it in the microwave at least. Yeah, I, I usually <laughs> uh, like it hot, you know. So, um, well done. And, um, yeah, it, it, I hope we end up watching uh, some of his subsequent uh, work, Taika Waititi, because I really enjoyed his mm. stuff. Uh, and Jojo Rabbit was another one that was like, man, you took on a very heavy, even much more heavy than this uh, subject and, and turned it into a comedy somehow uh, and, and did a bang-up job of it too. So I hope we get to uh, talk about that. Hmm? Did he do Hunt for the Wilder People? That him? Yeah. Uh, did he? I, I haven't seen that yeah. one. I, I love that movie, so makes sense. Oh, I'll be watching that tomorrow then. Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay, cool. It's got Sam Neill in it too. He's one of my favorite actors. Oh, cool. I love Sam Neill. Under, undervalued Sam Neill. Yeah, he's great. Okay, uh, Devin, have we given you enough time to calculate the... GPA for what we do in the shadows 2014. Yeah, more than enough. It is a 3.06, just eking it above the line to be a B movie, which I think is an apt title, an apt uh, classification. This is a B movie, and I appreciate it for that. Yeah, totally. B for Biscetti, and I imagine <laughs> a lot of these guys probably got B averages with barely even trying in high school and, uh, but showed the promise of genius uh, that they fulfilled later in their lives as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's a fair grade. Uh, and I think that's pretty reflective of what it got um, from IMDb and such, if I'm remembering what Jim said. So that sounds about right. Okay, so let's look forward to uh, Series 4, Episode 2. It is time to roll for the next episode and let's see what fate has in store for us next week. Who's rolling the die to this week? I think cats up if we're going in clockwise. Okay. Do we have yeah. a, a dice sides to roll there? I don't. I can, yeah. I can generate. Yeah. Uh, so this is cat's roll, but I'll just click the button for White you. Knight this roll for cat, Devin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me mansplain this roll to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing about rolling is... Oh, you see, it's called a D because D is the first letter in the word dice, which is what a, this thing is. And it's called a D4 is because there's four dicks on it because it's Devin's dice. It's my, my uh, Chinese sex That's dice. That's a nice, nice mansplain in there. All right, cool. So let me give you a, a, a nice little uh, drum roll, and we'll see what is in store for us next week.
It is a four. A four. We will be watching a movie called Troll Hunter uh, 2010. I'm not going to try to pronounce this director's last name. Director Andre something or other. Uh, it is streaming on YouTube, Voodoo, Hoopla, which I've never heard of, Canopy, Tubi, Pluto TV, Crackle, and more. So uh, next week uh, for wow. Series 4, Episode 2, Troll Hunter, which I have heard of the title, uh, but I was not aware it was a mockumentary. So I'm looking forward to that. Because it's not Ben's movie. Um, we'll see. 4D <laughs> chess again here. That's right. I've done this mm -hmm. before. You got kicked out of off of Facebook for doing that. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, my fake book account was uh, rooted out by uh by uh Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg fucking figured that Zuckerberg. shit out, dude. Yeah, he did. He got me. Finally so he, he, took, he, he took me down, man. He brought a whole nother D to that chess. <laughs> That's right. The fifty. He's playing yeah, fifth dimensional. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the show announcement. My my uh fake uh fake book account uh was Lonnie Dixon and I originally made this account to uh spy on the far right wing just to make sure that uh that there wasn't some kind of crazy attack going on. And sure enough, uh, there was, and this was before January, but they eventually uh, caught on to my shenanigans and got rid of my account today. So I guess I won't be doing that anymore. Um, fan emails you can write to ben at redhenmedia.com and we may respond on the show uh, and that is just about it oh it is way too late they're gonna wake up my kid and my wife oh and no hair. just one more thing oh uh lieutenant columbo surprise surprise you're never gonna catch me columbo you can keep coming here and and uh, prying and trying, but uh, I'm not going down. I'm going to be the one that got away. Um, so Lieutenant Colombo is here to tell us that we have time for just one more thing where each co-host uh, talks about something from outside of the show. Uh, and Kat, I'll let you go first because I want to queue up. A, I want to try to show an image of my just one more thing later. So I'll go last. What do you got for us this week? Uh, my just one more thing is another book recommendation called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Um, it's, oh. about, it's about a girl, Adeline, who exchanges her soul to live a life without aging or dying. Um, the catch is that she is cursed to be forgotten by everyone she meets. So if that sounds interesting to you, uh, check this book out. Um, but if you don't like to read at all, it will eventually be a film. So... Oh, uh, oh have, you God. know that for sure, huh? So they, <laughs> yeah, I never um, learned yeah. Read, so. <laughs> um, It got a, a film script for it, so it seems like it's great, on the works. Mm -hmm. And uh, the title one more time for us? It's The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. I think I'm saying that right. Oh, I like that uh, text, too. Nice shiny gold text there. Neat. Cool. Uh, yeah, we'll have to check that out and uh, definitely check out the movie. Maybe we'll review it on the show one day. Cool. Um, Devin, what have you got for us this week? Uh, so return to my marathon of Apple TV plus shows. Uh, this one I'm recommending. I think I, I think I mentioned this one last time when I talked about uh, Central Park, but Schmigadoon is a recommendation for yeah. this week. Yeah, okay. 
Schmigadoon is the uh, Lauren Michaels joint. Uh, he has uh, pulled two former cast members, uh, Cecily Strong from the most recent seasons of SNL and uh, Keenan Michael Key, um, who play a couple who get, are just a normal couple who get lost in a the world of a musical. And they are aware that they are not, they're aware they're in a musical and are reacting to it as normal people would. And it's very funny. It's very heartfelt. It's it's like a, just a cute little. It's like six episodes. They're pretty short. It's a nice little, basically a movie. Um. So yeah, check it out. Cool, Schmigadoon. Yeah, I've often too. wondered like why, how that would be because like you know when people burst into music in musicals, it's just like kind of that's how that world works. You know, people just burst into song when the emotions get too much, right? So yeah. yeah, that that sounds like a funny fair. And Apple Apple Plus, I think they they call it or no Apple TV is that what they call it? Uh, yeah, I think it's just Apple TV. Yeah, <laughs> Apple TV is really bringing it right now with the content. So check that out. Okay, James Pepe, what have you got for us this week on Just One More Thing? Yeah, so I uh, I will preface this by saying that I generally speaking am not interested in like video game speed running. Like I don't watch games done quick and that stuff. Uh, so that being said, I will recommend, um, a YouTube channel called Summoning Salt and what he makes videos that he makes like hourish long documentaries about the history of the speed running of a specific game. Um, and a lot of them are retro games because a lot of, a lot of people do speed running of retro games. Um, so yeah, uh. I know that that doesn't sound super interesting to watch an, an hour-long documentary about the history of speedrunning like Castlevania or something, but man, they're good. So yeah, Summoning Salt, YouTube. Cool. I've, I've seen videos like that. I've, I've seen stuff, I don't think by that, that creator, but I've seen things like, you know, like the perfect mario run and how it came to be and it's like a mini documentary about like how this one guy got this like point zero you know a hundred zeros one percent chance of this perfect run and beat the record you know that kind of thing they're really fascinating and to yeah. your point about them running like game older games i imagine a lot of the appeal of that is when like m most people have played this game before right like we've all played mario the original mario Oftentimes, they're older ones. The most recent one he just released was about uh, Mario 64 and about uh, the sort of evolution of how the 16 star uh, any percent completion. So apparently, you can beat Mario 64 by only getting 16 stars. Um, hmm. Like, complete, bare complete minimum. the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by using a bunch of glitches and stuff. And so, there's a speed run around the 16 star run. Um, and so, I. If I remember correctly, that's probably the most recent game he's done. So not that um, recent. But yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, the, a lot of the ones are like Sega, Nintendo, NES, SNES games, stuff like that. Cool. Summoning Salt. I'll have to check that one out as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, and uh, Jim Scott, what have you got for us this week on Just One More Thing? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have anything new. I'm kind of just uh, been just delving into the everything that I've done before. We play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm reading the second book in a series I've already mentioned. Um, so, yeah, yeah. join your local role playing club. I, I feel like yeah. role playing has something yeah. to offer for ev everyone, you know, a certain niche for everyone. It doesn't have to be Dungeons and Dragons. There are so many worlds to explore, so many different 
um, genres of role playing. So it's a wonderful way to make new friends and in real life friends as well. And to kind of get away from, uh, uh, the whole digital medium thing and, um, and, and live in the theater of your mind or on the, the, there's something to be said for the tangible aspect of, of playing with the board games or cards or, or the miniatures and stuff, I think. So yeah, advice, uh, well-received. Uh, and mine, I'm going to cut over to a desktop, which I'm, unfortunately you guys can't see, but, uh, I'll tell you a little story. Um, do this here. There we go. There she is. There's my beauty. Uh, so I had a Honda Civic uh, hybrid, which has just been sitting out there since COVID started and I sold it because it's just costing me a car payment every month and it's not doing anything but gathering dust. And what I ended up buying, and I haven't got it yet, but I'm highly anticipating this, is the Aerial Rider X-Class 52-volt e-bike. And it's kind of like an electric moped um, uh, hybrid with a bicycle thing. And I cannot wait to take this thing out on the streets and zoom around uh, and go pick up things and do errands with it and, and get some exercise and get off my porch, you know, and kind of go out into the world. Very cool. Again. Cannot wait for this thing. And it's on back order. And the the thing that makes this... Okay, so the e-bike industry is kind of in a Wild West phase where everyone's coming out with these crazy different designs. These guys wanted to build something that uh, that had an all-metal uh, gearbox. And nobody else made an all-metal gearbox. It was all nylon and it just didn't give you the torque. And so these guys said, hey, we're going to build our own all-metal gearbox. And so they built this all-metal gearbox and it's this beautiful... I'm getting a red aerial rider and uh it's, it's just reminds me of being a kid again and going out with my buddies and riding around town so i cannot wait for this thing to come in uh unfortunately i'm gonna what was, what was that gearbox summer. made of all metal <laughs> it's totally metal bro. Uh, all metal that's right not, the, not, only, not the, only, the only all metal gearbox out there on most e mostly metal <laughs> well metal? i'd say at least 99.99999 Oh well, uh, you can't really say all metal then. No, well, no, it, it that's, okay, yeah, it, it's a it's a advertising uh, a term, so uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it gives you the torque you want on a e bike. You want that? You want that torque? And you're supposed to oh, be able well, to get seventy plus miles on on a battery charge on this sucker. So wow. uh, yeah, it's not gonna like you're not gonna ride it down the block and run out of battery power. I a while back I joined kind of as a joke, but it's it's become a obsession of mine. This anti this like I describe them as a militant anti car group on Facebook that are like like very militant. anti all like <laughs> wow. all, like they like openly like post videos of like cars being like burned and they like all celebrate how like the car is being destroyed. It's very it's very funny, but. I do agree with some of their points about how like dependent on vehicles we are as a society and they mm -hmm. tout e-bikes a lot on there. They really like e-bikes. So yeah. In fact, um, Noma County cool. where we live hint a uh, tip for everyone. Uh, even you guys, uh, they are offering a thousand dollar voucher, uh, Sonoma County. Uh, I can post the link in the show description or, or send it to you guys or whatever. If you want to get an e-bike, they're trying to get people to ride these things instead of commuting on their cars. So uh, it goes through a PG&E or something like that. 
and it's a Sonoma County promotion. They did it once before, and then they brought it back. So it's currently ongoing right now. Do you need a motorcycle license to drive that? You do not. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, it's uh, it's it's um, a little too bike for motorcycle town, but uh, fun enough to be motorcycle enough for bike town, if that makes any sense. No, uh, yeah, that. So you know, you don't, to, to answer sense. your question in a straightforward manner, no, you do not need a motorcycle license. But it looks right. like kind of a motorcycle, dirt bike, moped type of thing. Even has like the light on it and the mirror and all that and the horn. And uh, it even comes with a uh, an alarm if anyone should try to oh, wow. take off your bike. Yeah. And a horn. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to, um, revisit this once the thing comes in I'll, we'll have I'll, bring to get it, a, I'll bring it on you'll have to get a bikini and model on it for us oh yeah that's definitely <laughs> happening yeah 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 as you guys know i uh was a career bikini model for uh motorcycles and cars and stuff <laughs> yeah. in my youth so i'll revive that uh career here i'll have to dress the, you up show. with like a like a 50s pinup uh pinup uh actress or something you know yeah exactly <laughs> take pictures of you yeah, and the best thing is I'm not getting a bike helmet. I'm getting a motorcycle helmet. Uh, but it's like an old school moped helmet. So it's not like the, uh, it's not looking like a motorcycle uh, uh, rice rocket type of thing helmet. It's it's more of the old okay. like round moped style. It's going to be fun. So yeah, looking forward to that. Cool. Um, yeah, so obviously I'm very excited about this and glad to share it with somebody finally. So uh, that is just one more thing. Give me a second here. I have my uh, e-bike on the screen. I just want to take it in. Okay, there she is. What's goes. the brand? I'll see you soon. Aerial Rider. It even sounds like a classic like 80s. Yeah, it even sounds like a, like a kind of a classic 80s thing or something to me. Gotta love it. And of course, I'm getting red. I think I'll miss you most of all. Dorothy is letting us know it's time to say goodbye. I'm not crying, you're crying. Well, let's start with Kat. I'm Catherine Ramirez. It's been real. Catch me on Instagram at Kat Ramirez with two Z's. See y'all next time. Yeah, see you next week. And um, Devin, Mr. Devin Schwartz. I'm, I've been Devin Schwartz. You can find me at Devin Schwartz1 on Twitter. And game over, man, game over. Indeed, sir. And James Pepe, follow that up, please. <laughs> oh, man. I've been James Pepe. I uh, hope to see you guys again next week for our next movie. Absolutely. For Troll Hunter. Yeah. Looking forward to that. And Jim Scott in, where are you again, Jim? I am in the beautiful state of South Dakota. Awesome. Where you can see lots of nature. You can see the president's monument and crazy horse. Oh, really? Did you see those? Uh, I haven't seen them on this trip yet, but I've seen it several years ago. Crazy Horse is phenomenal. I bet. And if, if my memory serves me correctly, they it's all uh, financed through uh, Native American resources. They are not taking any federal nice. money as far as what I remember. It was several years ago that I visited, but for some reason that nugget is stuck in my brain. And I remember like there's a, a museum attachment where it shows a bunch of Native American flags and uh, different um, 
uh, like artifacts and things like that. And uh, it's rich. It's a rich That's place cool. to go visit. I've heard visit. this thing is huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's going to take 50 more years to finish it. Um, from what I remember, it's just point, you know, you can kind of see the outline of Crazy Horse pointing. Yeah. I guess he's supposed to be on a horse. And it's just the horse part is still a rough block. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy big, for sure. Well, in that case, I'm gonna have to be uh, embraced uh, by the vampires to live long enough to see that one, or be really really yeah. lucky. Yeah, or maybe just get enough exercise on my aerial rider with an all metal gear box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> all right. Well, I'll see you guys next week, and I'm uh, looking forward to watching more mockumentaries with you on Series 4. Absolutely. And this has been I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. And now that you've looked at ours, we hope to look at yours soon. If you enjoy the show, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a five-star review, dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. And remember to watch Troll Hunter 2010 uh, for next week's show, now streaming on maybe all the platforms. Until next time, lookers, keep on looking.